I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Leah Diana. Today with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reels to 1988. After a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers in Pumpkinhead. Let's get into it. Pray raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be all right? Should I be afraid? It's coming! <laughs> Looking for an old woman. She lives somewhere in the mountains hereabouts. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks will say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Sad. You're looking for vengeance, vengeance, sad. There's no graveyard way back deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. It's gotta run its course. Now it begins. It begins. It begins. Spread the words, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Today on this episode of Grindhouse, we are going to discuss the psychology of demons. Take it away, Sean. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I would like to just—I would like to say that this movie came with ads because we had to watch it on Tubi. This yes. is the first movie we are watching that we do not own or cannot stream on a non-ad uh, no ad stream proper network. platform yes so let me tell you these ads were six at a time probably about a minute and a half to two minutes like total but it really does kill the mood when you watch a movie yeah it's a, it brings you right back to try to watch something on 
just like TNT or yeah. Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi Channel. We'll be back after this message. No, you're ruining the really bad movie I've chosen to sit down and watch. Like Sharknado. I watched that shit with my friend Jess. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Why? Are you saying that this was a really bad movie? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like, anytime you sit down to watch a movie, like, I remember loving watching Comedy Central movies all the time, but they get broken up by those commercials, and back then, you don't think about that when you're like, oh, okay, it's commercial break, that's fine, I'll get up to pee, get a drink, come back. Now we are so spoiled with streaming platforms and all this stuff that at like unfortunately my tummy was not agreeing with me so the ad breaks were kind of nice for me like they're so annoying like it's in the thick of like the plot your ad will start in five four like like it's a countdown to disappointment at least it pre-warns you and we did notice the fact that the ads were seemed strategically place in spots where it was kind of okay to take a break. Yeah, they tried. When it came back from the ads, the movie jumped back a few seconds so that we didn't miss even a single frame. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. I appreciate that Tubi takes that initiative. Mm. However, it is annoying. Yes. I don't even know if Tubi has a pay-for option. No, it's free TV. Oh, God. Yep. Tubi and Canopy? Are the two, I think. Canopy, I think, works with the library system, though. Yeah. So, like, if you have a library card, you have access to Canopy and all of the stuff on there. I will be 37 years old tomorrow. Dates what day this podcast is recorded. I have never had a library card. I've had them. Like, I have one now. I haven't used it once. Yeah, but that's one of those things where it's like, library cards are free, kids. Go get a library card. You can read any books you want. You can borrow books, bring them back. I've always wanted to have my own library card, but I've never gone. Why don't we go get you one? Because Barnes & Noble is down the road, and I love spending money. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I do want a library card. I do remember the only time I had, my mom had a library card, and I borrowed a triangle from the Coventry Public Library, and I never returned it. Jesus. Yeah. So steering us back on track here, today we watched Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. This was a 1988 American horror film. It was the directorial debut of special effects artist Stan Winston. Was he with um, ILM? He's worked with ILM. He's made fucking some of the greatest creature effects ever. The Queen Alien, for example. Ah, we'll discuss that more later. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This was based off of a poem by Ed Justin. I saw that it was based off a poem, and I don't know what the poem is. I couldn't, I didn't really look for it. I'm not entirely sure. I do know the original title for this film was Vengeance the Demon. Okay. Um, So I don't know if the poem was the same name. Yeah. And oddly enough, it inspired a video game called Blood Wings Pumpkinhead's Revenge. And the sequel to this film is Pumpkinhead Blood Wings. Now, I heard from you specifically that the sequels are no bueno. So, all right, Pumpkinhead 2 is not half bad. Hmm. The other direct, I think they were direct to TV sequels. I think they were like sci-fi channel originals. Hmm. Were trash. Garbage. And that's why they belong on sci-fi, where they can't even spell sci-fi right. Pumpkinhead 2 was a direct-to-video sequel. That one wasn't wasn't bad. It's 
much less quality than this, but it's still pretty solid. Hmm. And the sequels kind of play it fast and loose with the Pumpkinhead mythos. <laughs> so it's... Uh, fast I, and loose does not seem like Pumpkinhead's strength. Yeah, well, because the rules seem pretty clearly defined in this. Yes. And then like in the sequel, they try and do a little bit of a different thing with it, okay. which is still good, but it kind of... You're kind of sitting there like, excuse me? It calls into question, like, did anybody, like, follow the groundwork Like, did here? anybody read the source material before <laughs> doing the... And you said that was the one that your sister wanted us to watch, was the I second one. I think so. She didn't, she didn't say specifically, she just said Pumpkinhead, but well, I think that's the one she prefers. Pamela, we will watch the second one, but you're going to have to wait for us to catch up to it when we watch it on the podcast next year because we've planned everything for the rest of the year. Yes. Woo. So this film originally came out limited October 14th, 1988 mm. with a wider release January 13th, 1989. It was made on a budget of $3.5 million <laughs> and brought in a box office of... 4.4 million. So it was a success. It was it was fairly successful. They made their money back and then some. That's pretty good. So why don't we go into the rough details of this movie because this movie is pretty cut and dry. It's The uh, plot is very here it is. It's about as basic of a creature feature as you can get. I want to focus more on the creature feature. I want to focus on the creature. I want to f- focus on the characters. Okay. So Cut and dry, here is the plot. Six teenagers are going to a cabin in some sort of rural redneck area. Yeah, I think it's like a kind of... Like a mountainish like area. dirt biking trip kind of thing. Yep. So they stop at a, like, convenience store, fruit stand or whatever, run by Ed Hartley, I believe his name was, and his son, Billy. Um... Ed has a customer that comes through. This is really cut and dry. There's a lot of details, but I want to talk more about the other stuff. They had a Harley. Harley. I'm sorry. Harley. Like Harley Davidson. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> um, and these teenagers stop at this area. Uh, one of the teenagers is a fucking douchebag. Um, decides he wants to ride his dirt bike around the uh, around the convenience store or whatever. Um, Ed's like, oh, shoot. I forgot to bring something from home. Billy, stay here. Don't go outside. You know, I'll be right back. Billy's dog gets out of the convenience store, unfortunately, and Billy goes after it. Billy gets hit and fatally wounded by one of the, or the asshole dirt biker. All friends want to call the police and call it in because it was an accident. Other friend runs away. Everyone goes after him. Um, Ed comes back, sees his son dead. Um, The friend who hit the kid locks all of his friends up in the cabin, pulls the phone line out and steals all their keys and he's like I'm not going to jail because I did this two weeks prior he hit a kid two weeks prior and now he's on probation like this this dude I want to talk about these characters this ensues Ed going to the old mountain witch to raise the raise his son back she says I can't do that but I can get vengeance for you she raises this demon monster that who was raised from a pumpkin patch in the middle of a graveyard in the woods. He raises and ensues vengeance on the kids. 
Ed realizes he made a mistake because he can see this monster killing the children. Kids, actually teens. I should say teens, not kids. Um, Ed feels bad. He goes to help them. End of the movie. We'll get into the more end of the movie. But all you know is at this point, Ed helps the kid. Ed goes to help the kids. I really want to focus more on the characters and the monster. Because while the, the plot was very cut and dry, there wasn't a lot of like anything really like, oh, twist and turn, like the changeling. That one actually had a good plot with it. Yeah. This one had an amazing creature. Well, why don't we start off at the top of the food chain here? Lance Hendrickson. Damn, that man was hot when he was young. <laughs> Lance Hendrickson in this film plays Ed Har- uh, Ed Harley. Boom, boom. Who, uh, I have to say, not his greatest performance. No, not his greatest, but I have to say, from remembering him in Bishop, ha, 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 is this the second time he's working with this dude, Stan? Uh, this, second or third? I think third, right? This, I think, was... Or fourth, maybe? I don't remember when Aliens came out. Alien came out in the 70s. Alien was the early... So this is like the third or fourth time he's worked with him. He's worked with him a lot. I know that. 86 was Aliens, so yeah, this is after. So Bishop's character is not a huge, like, character. No. It's pretty cut and dry like Ed is. No, but I feel like the Bishop characters. I felt like that performance was more nuanced. It needed to be neutral because he was a fucking android. Yeah. And then this this one, he just felt like there was a lot of moments that just didn't work for me. I, I felt like the beginning where he's being a dad, where all this stuff, where one of my favorite lines came from the beginning, and you know exactly what my favorite line was. All I have to do is do this to my hands. Oh, no, he doesn't. He's trying to think. I don't remember the line specifically, but... Tissue paper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. But when he's being a dad, when he's normal, he's running the show. Like, that's where he's acting. It's like the minute his son dies, he tries to become this, like... And it's like, Lance, you're cute. I don't even think it was that. Like, I think the idea was that, like, the second something happens to his son, he's... He's supposed to, like, lose all emotion. And he kind of does, but at the same time, it's Lance Hendrickson. We know how he acts. He really doesn't, in my mind. He doesn't 100% lose it because there's moments where he's, like, in the witch's hut, like, pounding, like, freaking out. And I'm like, well, that's. I feel like there's two different performances in here. Well, that's one of my, like, notes here is, like, I felt like... You have that interaction between, um, I, I don't remember most of these kids' names, but, like, the kid that stays behind with his son. Joel. No. No. Joel was the shithead. Steve. Steve. That's Steve. No. Then. Was it? I yeah, Steve, Steve was, was the, the brother. Steve was the brother? Steve's the brother. So it's Steve and Joel are brothers. Maggie's the psycho one. I don't remember Steve's girlfriend's name. Then there's photographer, um, and then there's Chris. Chris was the other one. All right, so Steve stays behind with the son. Like, I felt like that moment when Ed shows up and his son is near dead. Yeah. And uh, Steve is sitting there with him. Like, I felt like that should have been that should have been so much more impactful, but it just felt awkward. It was a very awkward moment because I also believe that his wife might have just recently died. Yeah, that's never explained, so... No, so, I mean, he it says in the synopsis he's a widow. 
and widow or widower. I don't know how it's termed, but he seems very cold. Like he's trying for his son and now the son's not here. The blinders are on and all he can see is like this, these fucking kids killed my kid. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like that aspect of the performance is missing a lot. Mm. Like he, there definitely should have been more rage, more sadness, something. Yeah. He just felt so wooden when it came to that aspect. Everything else, he did fine. Was phenomenal, yeah. But he's still a highlight of the movie, in my opinion. Honestly, he is. I think him and I'm going to say the photographer girl and Maggie. I loved how the minute something traumatic happened, Maggie went all sorts of fucking kooky. Yeah. Like, you can see that that character was supposed to have some severe trauma in her past. Something traumatic happens, and now she's pretty much... Because, um, not Chris, Steve grabs her necklace and is like, Hey, God's here with you. You know, follow the Lord. You're all right. You're all right. And they can, you can see, like, they don't believe in it, but it's something that she believes in. She, like, reverts into it Like, oh, we have to pray. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. And... You can see, like, there's some past trauma there that she kind of reverts to. She was the character that I felt the most, like, oh, I feel bad for her the most. You can see in the beginning she's uncomfortable to be there. She doesn't want to be there. She's just there, I think, with the asshole boyfriend's girlfriend and photographer. I don't remember any of the girls' names. It's like Maggie. That's terrible. Um, I think she's just there with her girlfriend's. And she doesn't care about being with the boys. Like, she just wanted to get away. Yeah. And from the moment the kid gets hit by the dirt bike, that Billy gets hit by the dirt bike, she's just fucking lost it. You know? And her death, her death is my favorite. (laughs) Oh, my God. So fucking funny. Someone uh, I'd like to mention, because he's not a huge, important character or anything. He's involved in the overall progression of the story, but... Mm is Mr. Wallace. Is that Grandpa? Uh, yeah, Grandpa he had all the kids in the house. I love how intimidating he is in the beginning scene and how cowardly he is with, uh, nope, you shut the door, you let them be. Like We stay in here, we mind our own. Did you recognize him? I did not. I feel like I should know who he is, but I do not recognize you, him. You, of all people, definitely should recognize ah, shit. him. shit. Hang on. Nope, don't look it up. No, come on! Give me a hint, then. Give me a hint. It's... He is prominently, fairly prominently, in a movie that came out the same year that you were born. Five? And it's one that you absolutely love. All right, I'm seeing his name. I have not clicked on it. Buck Flowers. I do not know who that is. Buck Flowers plays the crazy homeless guy Red in Back to the Future. Who's Red? Do you remember the homeless guy on the bench... When he comes back, and in the sequel, he bumps into him outside of Biff's casino. I believe his name was Red. I'm almost at 85. Red the bum. Yep. He's also, if you... So, in Back to the Future, it's a little bit of a meta thing, but they also, when he goes back to 1955, when his parents are younger, Mm. Red is the mayor. And he's the homeless guy in 1985. <laughs> Am I the only one who noticed that? I'm looking at a picture. I remember this dude. Yeah. Um, 
That's why that's that's so in your face in that movie when he when they he's in walking the streets and that car goes by with the billboard thing on it and it's like reelect Mayor Red Thomas. Oh, Progress is his middle name. This says here, <laughs> Mayor Red Thomas is not Red the Bum. Red Thomas was played by set decorator Hal Guzman, whereas the bum was played by actor George Buckflower. Yeah, but I think it's the same character. It's supposed to be. Is it supposed to be? I th- think that's the what they're trying to say. It's like a super background thing, but the mayor was was Red Thomas, and then we hear that the bum's name is Red later. I think it's just supposed to be a joke. You know, everybody in the comments of this is saying, I don't care. That's the same dude. People are like, why would he call him the same name if it wasn't him? That's what I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just a little in-joke that, uh... Steve? Steve Spielberg? Is he did Back to the Future? No. Who did Back to the Future? Steven Spielberg produced it. Uh, Robert Zemeckis. I think it's him and, uh... I I can't think of his name right now. The guy he writes with all the time. Um, I think they just put that in as a joke, like saying, "Oh, look, he he was the mayor, and now he's a fucking bum." He's a big old bum. (laughs) But yeah, every time I see him pop up in something, I'm like, "That's Red the bum." Just me. Just you. I'll just go fuck myself. (laughs) I thought the little kid Billy. He was very young. Very. It must have been five or six years old. He did a very good job. I was really proud of that kid. Um, super pissed the movie killed him. Well, I mean, it was integral to the plot. It was, but I was like, what did the little kid do to you, movie? That poor little kid lost his mom. He's only got his dad and his dog. Those hick kids tried to steal his baseball because they're assholes and they're bet, bet you they're all inbred. Like, <sighs> looks like Lance Hendrickson put a lot of work into this character. Then why wasn't it better? Well, just in terms of like, so apparently he he had his own set of dentures made to give himself that like. Oh, the end of the movie kind of. No, no, no! Like throughout the whole movie, he had those like weird crooked teeth in the front. I didn't even notice. Yeah, he had his own dentures made for that. He gathered all of his own props and wardrobe, including the World War II pump-action shotgun he uses. Jesus. Um, the hat he wears throughout the film, he got himself. And he even gathered all of the silver dollars himself by going to various pawn shops. That he gives the witch? That he gives to the witch. Dude! That's really cool. Did you also notice that during that witch scene, there were real tarantulas? There were. There were. I wonder if they came from the arachnophobia set. Doubt it. Oh, that was in the 90s. That was in the 90s. <laughs> These were their grandparents. I'm sorry. Country hit kids are scary. Where they start, like, chanting the pumpkin head lullaby around that one kid. Yes. I actually have that here in front of me. All right. What is the pumpkin head lullaby? So, in its original version, which I assume is the one we're hearing in the movie, mm. it goes like this. Keep away from pumpkin head unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion. Vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot, he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred, guard dogs prowling in the yard, won't protect you in your bed. 
Nothing Will from Pumpkinhead. I have always loved that fucking rhyme. <laughs> and then seeing a bunch of kids like do it around one kid with all the teenagers just staring at them is fucking unnerving. It is very unnerving. You're just kind of sitting there like, the fuck? You're like, like, I'm sorry. How inbred are you children that this is funny to you? Really? So now my question is the early shot that we get of Ed watching from the window, watching Pumpkinhead kill somebody because Pumpkinhead was summoned, I'm guessing, in 1957. That's what the time, the, the, the date was. Yeah, and because his parents someone were like, killed a little girl, apparently. Yep. Like, nope, We, you don't go out there. We can't help him. Like, if Pumpkinhead is, you know, going after that person, there's a reason why. Now, my question is, who is the Pumpkinhead that was in the ground? I would love to know that. That's a good question. If this is a cycle kind of creature. See, this this is some of the stuff that, like, this, it, it starts to get strange. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you were to take this at, at just this film and that the fact that there's no sequels. Yep. Then you can kind of just guess or assume that, like, this was an entity. And then it's used and reburied and whatnot. And maybe the person's body is just the vessel. Yeah. I I mean, the the thing he digs up is Pumpkinhead. And then they combined his blood and his son's blood in this ritual to to bring it to life. Yeah. I don't know if... I don't think it's like they're using different bodies. I think it's this always this one or it's supposed to be. But at the end of the movie... The hag, haggis. The hag's name is haggis. Yeah. Uncreative. I would have named her Billy Bob. Go with the redneck name. She's in a swamp too. This movie is fucking hilarious. That's a. That's another thing. This, the whole pumpkinhead mythos, which included, yep, has a very Louisiana Bayou voodoo feeling to it. All I can think of is Robin Williams doing the "We're gonna get you," like with what? the. <laughs> That one. That's all I can think of from his comedy special. Which is strange because it like it's set in the middle of like East Bumfuck. Now, if fucking... you think about it, do any of the Appalachian Mountains or do any of those mountains are any of them in Louisiana? I don't think so. I don't know. Where is this supposed to be set? I know it was shot in California. Yeah, California makes sense. Eh, doesn't really have any anything Oh, do you have this fun fact that dog I was just looking at that <laughs> the dog is the same dog from Gremlins yep and he did all his own stunts in this movie it was Mayim Bialik's first film she plays one of the little redneck kids are you shitting me look that's her that's amazing that, oh that's so funny that's amazing it shares a location the same as Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter. <laughs> it's not the final chapter, kids. <laughs> um, oh, the cabin. Yep. Lance Hendrickson is ashamed of the sci-fi sequels. Because I'm ashamed of the sci-fi sequels. I can't and I didn't wait have anything to, to do watch with them. the... I want to watch <laughs> the Hellraiser sequels because you say they're bad. They're fucking horrendous. 
Lance Hendrickson accepted the role because of one moment. <gasps> when the kid sits up when he's dead and said, Daddy, what have you done? That's what sold him. It's a pretty creepy moment. It is a very creepy moment. Reboot currently in development. No, other than that, it doesn't really have a, it doesn't really have a setting. So no. Are there mountains? Are there mountain lions in Rhode Island? When did I ever type that? There is uh, Driscoll Mountain. Okay. So I am going to assume... We can pretend it takes place I'm there. Take, I'm pretending this <laughs> takes place um, on Driscoll Mountain in Louisiana because it has a very, like, Louisiana feel. Yeah. Even though it might not be, it might be more of like a... a drier midwestern kind of redneck area i keep saying redneck not to offend anybody but these people were rednecks who's gonna get offended all the people that are rednecks are trying to be rednecks these days even though they're not (laughs) you know who you are i'm talking to you be nice to them no (laughs) no i'm tired of this shit (laughs) tired of this shit um let's see uh, as you said before, the the situation with the kids after the accident... It, it's it really tur- fucked up. It turns very hostage scenario very quickly. Like, okay, I get if that one kid is on probation from something like this happening before, that he runs away. I get that. But, he takes a log and beats Chris with, the, uh, Chris with it. He locks Chris and the photographer girl in the... In the closet. Yeah. Fucking Maggie's catatonic on the couch because you just hit and killed a kid. Which, it's kind of funny because at least just from this perspective, and we'll get into the other side of this later, but it kind of makes this like a sad story where all these people are being punished by the actions of one man. One person. (laughs) But it, it, it comes down to one one bad apple spoils the bunch. That's it true. doesn't matter if Steve stayed there and was like, I wanted I didn't we didn't know what to do. They ran to get call to get help. The other ones are trying to see if there's another phone. You weren't here. I stayed with him. Yeah. They could have run away. They could have just gotten in the cars and kept going and said nothing about it. Right. I mean, Ed didn't know who the hell those kids were. Nobody knew who the hell they were. They could have run away. It was in nineteen eighty eight. I hate to say it, but those kids would have gotten away with that murder. Oh, yeah. Especially since he didn't, like, try to call the police or go to the hospital or right? anything. He just took him home. Ed just literally took him home. He could, The kid could have been fine if he took him to the doctors and to the hospital. Probably. But Ed just assumed he was dead. Like, that kid could have survived if they weren't so stupid and stubborn. That's it. They're all stupid and stubborn. What I think the kid should have done is listen to his dad. If his dog got hit, his dog got hit. I mean, that's how I feel about that. But children don't listen. I have a note here that said, that says, I'm calling it now. The photographer lives. Did she? Yes, she did. The photographer lived at the end. She was the final girl. I thought the blonde was the photographer. Or did I get them confused? No, Maggie is the blonde. The photographer is the one with the, like, peachish orange shirt with, like, the wavy brownish blonde hair. Oh, all right. I, I for some reason, thought the blonde no, was taking Maggie photos. No, the, the blonde was the very standoff, standoffish one. Shall we talk about Pumpkinhead himself? Oh, please. I want to talk about this. Oh, my God. So, upon first viewing of Pumpkinhead, you don't get to see him full lit. You just get to see the silhouette of him. And it's from Ed's perspective as a kid. And my first thought was, why does this look like an alien? 
<laughs> right away because it has those feet. It has, this is how I describe him in my head. He has those ter- ter- Jurassic Park Raptor legs. Like he's standing up on those legs. Like stilted. Then he has long T-Rex arms, very long arms with the three claws and everything. Then he has the alien tail, the blown out big head, kind of like an alien, but it's more rounded off with him having what I would describe as no nose and a upper lip that should have a mustache, but doesn't. And it makes you feel upset. This is how Pumpkinhead looks to me. It's if my stepfather or you shaved your mustache and I went, grow it back, grow it back, grow it back right now. He He's unsettling. And that's what anytime I've ever seen like a picture, I've seen pictures of this. I've never seen this movie prior to today. He, he makes me feel unsettled. Like yeah. he's, I just get <laughs> him and Jeepers Creepers. Though these two give me the heebie-jeebies. Do you know who plays Pumpkinhead? I saw the name, but I don't know who it is. The infamous Tom Woodruff Jr. I do not know who Tom Woodruff Jr. is. Well, we discussed him previously. He played Gilman in Monster Squad. Okay, all right. He plays a lot of creatures throughout the years. And uh, a little fun fact about this one is that to avoid wear and tear on the suit... Woodruff was glued into it at the start of the shoot day and remained in the foam rubber construct for up to eight hours at a time. So he had to walk around in that giant fucking thing for, for was the entire he also day. The alien, one of the aliens, an alien because in aliens because he's credited in aliens. I think he plays aliens throughout those movies, but like I know he wasn't the alien in the first movie. No. No. In Aliens, yes. Damn. So he just likes being covered in latex and rubber, huh? He likes playing creatures. And he's an effects artist, so it kind of goes with the territory. Did he also work for ILM? He's worked with ILM. He's done a lot of Tremors. Yep. Um. Oh, I see. The one movie I fucking hate. Did you see what the dog actor's name was? I did. Hang on. Mushroom. His name is Mushroom. His name is Mushroom. I want a dog named Mushroom. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just reverted to Primal right there. Um, he has done so much shit. This dude. Tom Wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was in Godzilla vs Kong. He must have like did like facial recognition art for. Wait, did he do King Kong? Is he Kong? I don't think so. Kong, I thought, was Andy Serkis. Or maybe he's Godzilla. Hang on. Maybe Andy's- not in... I don't know who did King Kong in Godzilla vs. Kong, mm. but... I thought... Say? If you're talking about Peter Jackson's King Kong, I'm pretty no, sure that was Andy no, Serkis. No, talking about... He was an animator. Okay, he's an animator. Oh. Um, something I really like about this movie is the... I like that... Pumpkinhead has a physical effect on Ed. So like since he like he his blood was used to summon him and everything, he's like bound to the creature. And he can see the kills or yeah. see when he's inflicting pain and suffering on people. He can see when he's carrying out his wishes, yeah. essentially. Like, am I doing good? Do you and love me and appreciate me? I, I like that it has like that that like 
that physical toll on him. Like he's yes, he's paying his dues yeah. to this, the ritual. Like you, <laughs> Haggis warned you. And honestly, if somebody said her name is Haggis, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to skip this. <laughs> so, in pertains to Pumpkinhead, yeah. I told you that I made a joke. Okay. And I am prepared to be yeeted out the fucking front window for real right now. The scene where he steps on Chris. Yeah. My exact brain went, step on me, daddy. Oh my god. Come on, somebody out there has to be laughing. Get the fuck out of here. I love this creature so much, I would be like, yes, step on me. <laughs> step on me with your big old Jurassic fucking toes. Oh, Jesus Christ. I had to. Time to trade her in, guys. <laughs> you know, there are no new models, so uh, you're fucked. <laughs> and the models that come out, they're all broken, buddy. Oh, I know. Uh, let's see. I also really like the choice that uh, when Ed starts to exp- like really experience this toll that is t- it's uh, the creature is taking on him, he makes the decision that he's gonna try and stop it and like help the kids. And he's slowly morphing into him, and the creature is morphing into Ed. Yeah, like they're they're becoming more they're and more becoming one. symbiotic relationship, and it's and terrifying. It. Uh, I don't know. To me, that it was like a cool dichotomy where he, like, he had to then he had to f- f- try and stop the th- the monster he created. Yeah. It was just it was a really I don't know fun dynamic. It's cool. I love it. Um, let me tell you, Pumpkinhead with Lance Hendrickson face. No. Yeah, that was nightmare fuel. That's always interesting. It reminded me of. I don't want to say. I'm drawing a blank. It's a it's a sci-fi movie where something like morphs into somebody else's face and then quickly pulls back. It's not Lord of the Rings. Cause at one moment Bilbo does the ah, and he turns into Gollum face and then he pulls back. It's not that. I can't. I'm really I'm I'm drawing a blank, guys. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I don't know what it Well, this is officially my last episode. Good night. Godspeed. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Um there's always it, this comes from some a comment you made mm. while we were watching mm. um, but there's always been something of a like sinister and childlike nature to Pumpkinhead in this movie he's like he the whole movie's going <laughs> like at one point he literally is like he like giggles he's giggling and I'm wa- watching it now I kind of equate that to like the fact that his son's blood was also a part of the ritual so I somewhat wonder if his son is in there somewhere like just being like hey but that's what back to like you're watching me do you approve of me are you happy with me yeah and it also like this I don't really want to spoil the sequel for you but there's an element I'll forget so there's an element in Pumpkinhead 2. All I know is he grows wings. Not in the second one. Oh, God. <laughs> there's an element in Pumpkinhead 2 where he, um, the summoning of the creature is actually 
summoning the spirit of the person who died. And they oh. come back in the pumpkin head form to take revenge on the people that killed him. So That's not a bad idea, but I would have called it not Pumpkinhead. I would have called it something different, but kept the same idea in the mythos. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I wonder if that's... Like, they don't say that that's the thing that's happening here. Mm. But I almost it almost reads that way. Like, the sun is the spirit that's in the Pumpkinhead form. So I... I don't know. It's weird. Maybe the sun and then something else, because when Pumpkinhead saw the cross in the church, he freaked out. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that it's just the sun, mm. but... But the sun's at least in there being like, oh, my dad gave me a task. It's like, I have to carry it out. Time to kill these teenagers. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a... Kind of like a Jason Voorhees thing. Like, mom wants me to do this, so I got to do it. Yeah. I feel like that element is there, but they just don't ever address it. So you... Or maybe you don't we're... Know. We are, like, so many fans of shows, books, movies, reading too much into it, and it's as simple as nah, he's fucked up. <laughs> Listen, it's like my job to read into these it fucking is, things. It <laughs> is your job, and you know what I'm telling you? It's possible, it's not possible. We will never know until we, unless we had Stan sitting here be like, Stan, buddy, my man, well, what the fuck? What are you doing? Unfortunately, Stan's dead. Uh number of years back. I can't remember exactly. Do you have any facts of how long it took Tom to get into that makeup? I do not. I wonder if, because we watched this on Tubi, I am going to buy the Blu-ray because every movie that we've watched, we want to have in the archive to prove like, yeah, we watched this. I wonder if we get this and we put the Blu-ray in, will we have some Features. Oh, yeah. Uh, almost guaranteed. Especially if uh, we were to get, like, the... I think it's Shout Factory put out a version of Pumpkinhead. I wonder if that's the one I've got in there. Hang on, let me check. I can go to my Amazon cart. Uh, let's see. Collector's Edition. It is not Arrows. It is put out by Shout Factory. So it's Shout Factories from 2024 I have in my card. So I'll look for Arrow, just so. But Shout Factory does really good with special effects stuff to, or, or, or putting as much behind-the-scenes shit as possible in their stuff. Honestly, I don't know who I like more, Shout Factory or Arrow. Right now, they're both neck and neck. Because I had a good experience with Shout Factory with... Not the fifth element. Event Horizon. I did it again! Event Horizon. Horizon. But all the Arrow movies that you've bought, and I bought one Arrow movie so far, they're pretty detailed too. So. Well, the, we've mentioned this before, but like, there's a lot of companies like that Arrow, Shout Factory, 88 Films, uh, Synapse Films, fucking. If we've mentioned you on the podcast, we would love if you contact us for a sponsorship. Amazing. Like all of these companies do incredible work with yeah, their Blu-ray releases. I'm gonna test your knowledge real quick. I am fucked. Why is he called Pumpkinhead? Because he is buried in the pumpkin patch in the cemetery. Well, yeah, basically that's correct. Oh shit! Yeah, it's uh, he gets the name from the fact that summoning. 
him involves digging up the corpse in the pumpkin patch. I really wanted him to have a pumpkin head. So the first time I saw him, I was like, why the fuck is his name pumpkin head? He looks like he's got, uh, I don't know, mumps or measles or something. It's just a bumpy head. <laughs> but he does kind of look like one of those gourds with all the bumps on it, like in the back and all that shit. He does resemble a gourd. So he should have been gourd head. I- so if we could have later years been like, oh my gourd. It's gourd head. Gotta go. Oh my gourd head. Oh my gourd head. I think, uh, I do think they should have, if they were going to name him pumpkin head, they should have done more with the pumpkin yeah, stuff. Yeah, just not a lot. They didn't need to do a lot, but no, just a little bit more. Just a little something. Just give me something. However, this wasn't originally called pumpkin head. No, it's so vengeance. Vengeance, the demon. Honestly, demon just the demon would have been pretty cool too as well wouldn't have been as memorable though no because we can't hear, sit here and go well my pumpkin head <laughs> give me more knowledge give me more facts come on ask me more questions i like this segment tesla's knowledge of a movie she just watched i don't have a ton a lot of the fun facts here are repeated oh my god does that mean that on the set of the gremlins you had gizmo and mushroom yeah I really like mushrooms, guys. I think they're cute and they're tasty. I think they're fun guys. Also, the girlfriend of Joel. I laughed internally so hard and I know you're going to cuss me out for it. But Pumpkinhead kills her by tossing her on a boulder and and breaking her spine. And I said, Pumpkinhead rocked her world. Oh, my God. I'm here all the time. I never leave. Oh, here's one question I have for you, Mr. Director. What do you got? Day to night. Was that used? Mm, I don't think so. Really? Because it looked a little bit like it might have. When? So when Joel and Chris and photographer girl are in the woods or they're outside looking for Steve... At one point, like, the light is shining very predominantly through the trees. But it's very dark. No, I think that was, uh... I think they lit the set. Okay. Like, with a big overhead light to kind of simulate the moon. But I don't think it was day for night. Look, guys, we know no moon's that bright, ever. To be able to illuminate a whole fucking movie in the dark. It's a movie. Like, they all do that. Like, if you watch... Hatchet, which didn't come out that long ago. It's the same way. It looks like way too overlit in the fucking like, swamp. Why is it so fucking bright? <laughs> How'd you feel about the themes of the movie? Don't kill kids. Same theme as last week. Don't kill kids. Um, call the police if there's an accident. Um... Think before you enact revenge. Um, every action comes with an equal reaction. Um, I have literal meanings. I didn't really see another meaning except for vengeance and revenge are never the idea. Do not trust a witch named Haggis in the woods. You are going to get fucked. But yeah, vengeance and revenge, no matter how pissed you are, is never the answer. Never. 
everything would have been solved if Ed took his son and locked up the store. Everything would have been solved, 100%. Everything would have been solved if those kids would have stayed there, all of them stayed there and waited for him to come back. Or grabbed the kid, took him in the truck and took him to the hospital. And one of them stayed there to say, hey, my friends took the kid to the hospital. Get in the truck and go. Everything would have been solved. 100%. I think Joel was an idiot. Should have never jumped the gun like that to be like, oh, I'm going to get arrested. It's an accident. Shit like this happens. Kid wasn't paying attention. You were dirt biting. Dirt, dirt biking. Biking. Our island accent's really coming out. I'm going to go pack the cat. <laughs> but yeah. I can rattle on and on. All right. So my interpretation is a little bit different. It always is. So. Because you're cooler than me. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> to me, this has always been a film about punishment. Okay. So Ed summons Pumpkinhead to punish those who caused his son's death. Joel is being punished by watching all of his friends be slaughtered or punished for his actions Mm -hmm. before suffering the ultimate punishment himself. Ed is being punished by suffering a fate far worse than death in his connection to the creature Mm -hmm. and in knowing that he was the cause for all of it. After all, Pumpkinhead is a demon of vengeance Mm -hmm. and revenge is punishment. That's true. That's how I see it, at least. Okay. I'm going to stick with violence doesn't solve anything. Like, I I see where you're coming from with it, but I also believe that even if they did the right thing, Joel would still be an asshole, no matter what. Well, yeah. He was a well. great asshole from the start. One, he should have never been fucking dirt biking right there. At all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, neither, neither this nor that. The sun <laughs> it should have never have left the store. Like, it's all of... I think the other theme is, like, don't do what you're not supposed to. Yeah. Like, Ed should not have gone to the witch to summon a demon. Um, Joel should not have locked up his friends. Um... Bud should not have helped the kids out, but by helping them out, he kind of got them out of a little bit of a scrape, out of trouble. It was good on him to think that the church might be a good idea. Seemed like it slowed Pumpkinhead down because he got more angry at being in a church than it affecting him. Yeah. But, oh, the other thing I want to talk about are the deaths. Okay. Deaths are pretty cool. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them are not creative. Unfortunately, girlfriend's death is not creative. She's just yeeted onto a rock. Honestly, a couple of them are, like, mostly off-screen. I can fly! (laughs) Cat totally did not land on her feet if you heard the thud. (laughs) He's gonna cut that out, but (laughs) when you listen back to it, you're just gonna hear... (laughs) Um, So the first kill we see is... The farmer friend or whatever that killed the little girl, or supposedly, we don't, we're not sure. Um, all you see is him being pulled. He's got gashes on his face. He's being ripped. 
places and you just see Pumpkinhead lifting him with his hands. You don't see his death. Right. But you know it happens. Uh, the next one is the little boy. I would like to know how the little boy dies. Did, did the dirt bike just crush him? Did it land on top of him? Well, it, they tried to mask it like it's supposed to like, like smack into him yeah. on the way down. But... You just kind of see the bike sweep the camera and go past him, and he yeah, falls over. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, the brother almost hit him, and you'd think the kid would get out of the way. But then it's like Joel hit him, and in my mind, I was like, okay, the only logical way I can think this actually happened was on the way down, the bike motor, that heavy metal, smacked him in the head somehow and, like, fractured his head, or it hit him in, like, the back of his neck and, like, snapped his spine. That's the only thing I can think. Yeah. The Wikipedia article says fatally wounded. So you know he dies from his wounds. Yeah. Not killed instantly. I think snapped his neck would make more sense than fatally wounded. Well, how was he fatally wounded? In this day and age, how the hell was that kid fatally wounded to the point where he would die like within, because they took his, his, they did this thing to measure his heartbeat and they said he was still alive. When they were all there. Yeah. So where, when did he die? Like, well, when, could this be on the dad for not bringing him to the hospital? After the dad brings him home, there is a brief moment where he says, like, daddy, like he wakes up. So why the fuck didn't you take the kid to the fucking hospital? Whoa, this is on Ed. I'm sorry, I have an ice cube in my mouth. This is on Ed. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. This is on Ed. He should have taken. He should have gotten in that truck and taken him to the hospital. I don't disagree. This whole thing would have been solved if Ed wasn't an idiot. Take your kid with you. Take him to the hospital. Don't bring him home and mourn him when he's going. Dad, I can't breathe. Like, I feel terrible. Can I get some medical attention? I think one of the only actual deaths we see in this movie is Joel. Yeah, we. But I think. Joel was the one that we were supposed to see. Yeah. That was the death that we had to see. That was the one that mattered. Um, We see Steve get taken. Maggie sees Steve get taken. And he's pulled up into the trees. And you see his face gouged. And you see all a lot of blood. But you don't see him until Pumpkinhead literally stands on top of the cabin and dangles him down by his feet. Yeah. You, how little kiddish is that for him to hold his feet going, <laughs> You know he's just like... Come out, come out, come play with your friend, drop. And then the next one is he grabs Maggie as she's be, like absolutely losing her mind. He grabs her by the head and pulls her over the top of the cabin. And the next time you see her, she is dead or close to dead. And he smushes her face on the glass, like rubbing her face into the glass and then pushes her in through the glass. I'm like, that is a cool, like, end death. Yeah. Like, if she's not dead, that that really center of the edge, because she is just bloody and bruised and shit. That was my favorite one. Oh, my God. That was so fucking funny. Um, girlfriend just, we, she was with them, and then we turn around, and you hear her scream. The stupidest scream. Ah! Like, it was such a bad scream. <laughs> Um, and then all of a sudden, she's just on her back on a rock. No blood, no nothing. Yeah, we see him drop her, and then it hard cuts, and she's already on the rock. So it's like, you have two death, three deaths in the beginning, or two in the beginning that are bloody as hell. That is a wire, dumbass. Get out of there. 
fuck. You're not missing anything, Vanta. You're fine. Um, yeah, you have two deaths that are so bloody and gruesome. And then it's just, we ran out of money. She's on a rock. She was wearing all white. You had an opportunity to fuck her up. I feel like it's kind of weird that the deaths are not so great, considering this movie was made by an effects artist. What if they kind of blew all the budget on the pumpkin and, or the pumpkin, on pumpkin head and didn't really have more money for that? I mean, Lance Hendrickson back then probably cost a lot of money to use. Uh, possibly. I mean, this was still somewhat earlier in his career. Like, he was in two blockbuster movies, huge fucking movies. Alien is probably but, one of the most influential horror movies to date. And it's not a horror movie. I'm sorry, what? Uh, I will argue to the death that that's more of an action film than anything. Sci-fi action. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. I'm it's, sorry. No, no, no. We're going to throw down right now. That is not you a You want to po- save that for where we actually talk about the movie? <laughs> well, the first movie that we are watching for 2023 is Alien. Because I want to throw down. Oh, I'm no. talking about Aliens. Oh, no. I'm talking about Alien. Lance Henderson's not in that. <laughs> Why are you confusing me? He's not in the first one. He's in Aliens, okay. Aliens the second one. is a horror movie. It's horror, but it's, it's more horror. action sci-fi than anything else. I call I I still say it's horror. Oh, fucking Christ. Nope. But I have not seen Aliens in probably 20 years. I, last time I saw it was in high school. Fair. So. Stupid. That is an electrical wire. Bathroom? Sorry to future me. She's still going. You're gonna have to throw her in the bathroom. She 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 knows. <laughs> Eat the cat at the bathroom. <laughs> Fine. I'm sorry. Not the first movie. We already have the first movie of 2023 planned. Second movie of 2023 will be Aliens. No, it can't be. We have to we watch it for Alien yet. Damn it. <laughs> Fine, we're getting to dual one. Every January, we do one after the other. We'll keep it up. Really want to watch Alien again. Well, we'll add it to the list. That fucking movie terrifies me. I actually hide behind my pillows when I watch that one. <laughs> um, the next, the next death is Joel, which it's on screen, but I, it's not very memorable. I wish it was more. Like, I wish it was more violent since he was the one that really, that killed the kid. I wish Pumpkinhead ripped him limb from limb and drank his blood. It's like, here's a leg. ah. You just get stabbed with a gun. That's why I think I'm okay with the remake for this. So it it is, there is a remake and it is, it is in writing everything. Yeah. I think that this is great. I really think that doing that movie now in 2022 2023 is gonna dial up that gross factor I really do but we can talk about that in our final questions and closing (laughs) after that I don't think anybody else dies until Ed yeah until Ed basically sacrifices himself to stop the creature and Ed 
stabs himself with a pitchfork. And that's how he notices that, oh shit. If I get hurt, it gets, gets hurt. It gets hurt. While it's morphing into him, like Ed's face is slowly morphing into Pumpkinhead and Pumpkinhead has his face. It's like, oh. And then he gets in the car and shoots himself in the temple and lives and stumbles out. That was a bad shot, man. Oh. <laughs> Because he was holding the gun like upwards on an angle, so it only grazed part of it. it didn't go in right. Yeah, just horrible to think and talk about. <laughs> but he pretty much grabs the gun, or tries to grab the gun, and looks at photographer girl, and he's like, "Kill me." He says it to her, "Kill me." And I'm like, "Oh." So she picks shoots up the him gun like and four more times. Just unloads. Oh, and it's terrifying. Although Chris almost becomes a casualty. Chris, uh, Pumpkinhead gets Chris, drags him around everywhere. But when they get to the cabin, Pumpkinhead drops Chris and goes after Bud. Is it because he's an outsider and interferes? He's like, oh, you need to be dealt with? Well, technically he's getting in the way. Okay. And they did say that if you get in the way of what he has to do. You're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the end shots of this movie intrigued me because you see Ed dead and he looks like Ed. He's back to looking like himself. And the next thing you see is the hag putting Ed's kind of Voldemort primordial body with the pumpkin head shape in the ground with the necklace his son made him. Yeah, that ending, it always kind of slightly confused me a little bit. Because you, we don't get this, we don't see Ed turning into that, and so like at first I was like, all right, is she putting the original pumpkin head corpse? No, back because in the pumpkin head corpse lit itself on fire. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, is it the son's body? But then he's wearing the necklace, so I was like, and he said he would never take that off, so yeah. I'm assuming it's supposed to be Ed. And I laughed because I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds like it's sequel fuel. And yeah. then you say they don't follow the formula anymore. They don't all. follow that at all. So, truthfully, that should be Lance Hendrickson's body that's coming out of there. That should be Ed's body that's in the next movie, it but it is not. Be. Huh. It, it, it's kind of, I feel like they left this one so gray. Like, it was such a gray area that yeah. they kind of just said, we'll do something different this time. Which, um, that's fine. Like, you can do that. But I would like to go into watching the second one thinking there are multiple pumpkin heads. Where the pumpkin head demon, the vengeance demon, can take other forms. So the only the form that it's comfortable with is that pumpkin head form mm. because in the previous iteration he did not finish his job so he's taking that form because that's the last form he remembers yeah I, I mean I guess I mean, it makes sense that it can have other forms because if it's not the Lance Hendrickson form in the second one I think it'd be weird like why would you do a sequel to the first one if it follows none of what you've set up in the first movie I ran out of notes like 20 minutes ago. I've, so. I've actually... Do I have any other notes? So, Bud decides to help the teenagers because he wants to see Pumpkinhead for real because he's heard the legends. He wants to see it. And I find it hilarious that a grandfather, a matri- uh, patriarch of that family, doesn't have bars on his kids' windows. Well, I mean, they're backwoods hick family. Or at least like wood on the window so he can't get out. 
I just laughed. My exact words were, them rednecks, them rednecks best be putting bars on them windows. <laughs> Keep them out of trouble. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, and the other, my other little favorite. Oh no, favorite scene. Okay, no, we'll wait. We'll wait. You can edit that out. I think, uh, I think we are ready for closing questions. All right. Overall thoughts on the film? I like this. I, I like this more than the last film, obviously. I've thought about that last film a little more. It's not my cup of tea. You can keep your cup of tea. I don't like my. I don't like it. Um, this one I liked. This one might be one of those Halloween rotation movies we put on, just for fun, for shits and giggles. I would like to do that, especially this October. Is maybe put a movie on a night. Even if we're not paying attention to it, just be like, we've watched a movie every night in Halloween in October. Because I've never done that before and I kind of want to. You've never done that? I have never done that. I used to I used to do that every year. And then on Halloween night, I would just throw on one of the stations that was marathoning movies and just watch movies all day. That sounds amazing. Why have I never done that? I don't know. Well, now we can't because cable's like shit. <laughs> we, just, we just have... Yeah, but we can just see if Shudder's doing like a 24-hour thing. Oh, they always do. Shudder has a TV thing built into the app and it just constantly plays movies. All right, so we're doing this. <laughs> we are absolutely 100% doing this now. So yeah, I, I did like this one. This one's going into the uh, spoopy Halloween rotation for me. What about you? I mean, I remember this movie fairly fondly. Watching it now, I definitely see a lot more of its flaws than I used to. Mm. And I still think it's great. Like, it's a great creature feature. It's awesome special effects. It's a fun movie. I guess it's just harder for me to overlook the flaws of the, like, like the acting and the writing this time now. But, I mean, I think it's it's still a strong monster movie Hmm. did you have any favorites my favorite line is ed is shirtless washing his hands with his son like holding his son's hands washing them smiling saying you know your grandmother used to uh do this with me and wash her hands her um her the skin on her hands thin as tissue paper felt so good I'm sorry, pervy creepy alert. <laughs> You're holding a child's hands while saying this. It might be your son, but ew! It's innocent. <laughs> Innocently disgusting. My other favorite, favorite moment is the puppy peeking out of the toy box. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh my god, all it is is the puppy just lifts the toy box, little peeks, his eyes get wide, and then he shuts it. I'm like, <laughs> This dog is so well-trained. Oh, yeah. Mushroom, I know you probably are not alive anymore, but... Oh, you're such a good boy. Oh! <laughs> about you? Any favorites? I only wrote down one, because it was it's just... It was so stupid and funny to me. Mm. Uh, it's right after the blonde girl sees Pumpkinhead for the first time. Mm. She comes back to the cabin, and they're trying to, like, calm her down in the kitchen. Mm. And she's... I think Steve uh, says, oh, we'll find a way to stop it. And he, like, walks off frame and she says, she says, God's the only thing that can stop what's out there, Steve. And then we follow the the other girl, the 
final girl, yep. into the kitchen. She pulls out two cleavers from a drawer and she says, just in case God doesn't show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is the most ridiculous fucking line. I mean, in the moment, that's <laughs> funny. Just in case God's not here. <laughs> But wouldn't you pull out a gun? <laughs> like a gun might help uh, a little more. Was, and she never even uses the cleavers. No, like, it was no, just they're so gone stupid. within like I say the first like ten or fifteen minutes they're gone. Yeah, that was the only one I wrote down. Okay, does it work? Yeah, it 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 works. Uh, it sounds like the um, sequels do not. This one works. I know it's 1988, and you can they could only do so much, but. It has a. This story has so much potential. Like, there's one hell of a mythos or one hell of a legend with Pumpkinhead. And I'm really shocked that there aren't, like, more of these, like Halloween or Friday the 13th. It's because they never did well. Which sucks because I think this could have been as big as the big guys. This could have been a big player. He's actually. uh, Pumpkinhead's on a couple people's lists of like underrated horror villains. It's on Fangoria's 101 best best, uh, horror movies. Oh, yeah. Which. Yeah, I trust Fangoria. Fangoria's a good. uh, They're good. They're good people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I think it works for what it is for Mm. the creature feature aspect. Like, I don't think it works if you're looking for something that has like a really good. Good act, good characters, good actors, things like that. Yeah. Like I think it it lacks a lot in those regards, mm. even some of the writing. But if you're just turning on a monster movie, this is this works perfect. perfect. Would you recommend it? A hundred percent. I highly recommend people see this. It's not scary, terrifying. It's a good time. It's a good romp. If you're looking for something simple to put on, you want. Oh, I want something different for Halloween. It's a good creature feature. I 100% recommend this. I agree. Like, I definitely recommend it. Um, probably wouldn't recommend it to everyone, though. Like, oh, no. I recommend this from from adult to child. I, I don't think a lot of people would enjoy it very much, but, mm. I mean, if you're the right audience, definitely. Yeah. And how would you make this today? I would not because somebody already is. Unfortunately... I mean, I know you see as an unfortunately. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I also see it as a potential what if the... Just as long as they're practical. Please do practical. Please, please, please. Do not CGI this. I want to see more updated practical. Somebody call 
the dinosaur specialist from Jurassic Park. What the fuck was his name? Phil Tippett? Phil Tippett? Phil Tippett. Call his ass. <laughs> Call him. You, you would have a so field day with this. you want a stop motion pumpkin head? Oh my god. That would be pretty sick. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do this again. I don't want anybody to do it again, but, but it's, gonna happen. it's happening whether I want to or not. Open your mind, Shawnee. Open your mind. <sighs> is this mainstream exploitation or other? This is other. This is not mainstream. This is other. Yeah. I, I would love to call it exploitation, but it doesn't push far enough for that. No. it's It definitely falls into other, and mainstream is too, too good for this. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on this one? Not particularly. No, I, th- I think... I think for a first outing, this was pretty good on yeah. Stan Winston's part. I actually don't know how many movies he directed I don't know. Himself, I didn't look that up either. Uh, this was a pretty good first effort, especially for somebody who's not a director. You know what I mean? He mm. just he went from making monsters to making a monster movie. And I think he did a pretty damn good job. Oh, no, there's so much. Oh, there's so much, Stan. It's, it's so large. Look at this. And I know it's not directorial. No, he's made a lot of stuff. He has. But I guess that pretty much wraps up our discussion of Pumpkinhead. Yep. But don't go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking you? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cochran? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. 
You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the night no one comes home. What am I, what am I, what am I imitating, Sean? Happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. I'm surprised you don't own those three masks. I want to, but they are fairly pricey through Trick or Treat Studios. You know what? I think you should suck it up, take some money and get them. Eventually, I will. Sean likes having masks up and he's got a couple of the, the, what are they, vintage? It's like the vintage collection from from Spirit uh, Spirit of Halloween, yeah. And we're going to get the... Don't tell me. It's not the mummy. Is it the mummy one? Which one are we getting this year? I don't know. Whatever one I can find. Um, which our spirits over here, it's the beginning of September. Our spirit had like, I would say 40% of their stuff up. Yeah. They were still putting stuff up. And they're already sold out of a lot of stuff. I know. There was this little gargoyle that I wanted from the Haunted Mansion that holds um, like the little stick candles. He's already completely sold out for the season. No more. Which, to me, I was like bummed, but then I'm like, he's $35. I don't have $35 right now. But then yesterday, I bought $100 worth of nail polish. From Priorities. From Simply Nailogical <laughs> for my birthday. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to use the nail polish more than I'll use the gargoyle. So, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> But um, I really like the fact that the house is decorated with masks because masks to me are terrifying. And masks play a big part in next week's movie. They do. And I am so happy to have the return for the second time, third time for Mr. Tom Atkins. Oh, Tom Atkins. He's in our podcast yet again. Yes. This man's going to make a lot of appearances, I know it. Oh, God, yeah. And I've already seen this movie. What was it? Two, three Halloweens? I sat here. It was... And you marathoned. I marathoned the entire Halloween series. All of them. All of them. Including the Rob Zombie movies. Yep, which this one was the one that stuck with me. I fucking love this one. I am always excited to watch Halloween 3. I'm always excited to talk about it i'm excited to introduce people to something that is not michael myers and that's the reason we're jumping right to halloween 3 is the fact that it technically has no place in the halloween franchise honestly i was so happy john carpenter did something other than that he tried to do something different of course everybody else in the world hated it to be fair this was not john carpenter's movie what what that was john carpenter's he is an uncredited writer on the movie and he did the music but he he did not direct it but it's within the mythos of the michael myers world yeah well ne- technically no but we'll get to that when we I talk don't know about what I'm it talking about anymore <laughs> i think we should end this because i'm embarrassing myself and i'm hungry feed me shawnee oh god All right, that brings today's episode to an end. If you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. You can head on over to our Discord. 
where you can chat with Leah about Hi. this film or any film that you'd really like. Sup. All the information for all that is going to be down in the show notes. Listen to us. Give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. If you want, if you, if you like what we're doing and you want to show us some support, you can find all that information down below. You can support us directly through Acast. You can find us on Patreon. We have some great tier levels on both for anyone who wants to help out. Mm-hmm. Get yourself ad-free listening. You can get yourself some fun bonus exclusive content yep. that we're really excited to bring you. So excited. Ah! Until next week, I'm Sean. I might be Leah, but I might be Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And keep watching. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.